Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. This is Robert Lamb. And this is Joe McCormick, and it's Monday, which is the day of every week that we read back some of the messages that you have sent in in response to recent episodes of the show. Rob, if you don't mind, I'm going to get started with this message from Carlos, which I think is in response to our series on uh, called The Beast Wore an Apron about like animal cuisine and about a, a listener mail uh, segment that was responding to that. Carlos says, Hi, Robin Joe. I was listening to your most recent listener mail episode today on my way to school, and the first letter, which was about sneaking away raw slices of potato to eat, caused an old memory to come bubbling to the surface. I was raised in an evangelical church, and summer camp was a large part of my life. When I think about it now, one of the strangest things about these camps was how many of the games revolved around embarrassing-slash-unpleasant experiences. The one that I suddenly remembered today, which I had apparently tried to forget, was a game in which several kids, myself included, had a race to eat a raw white potato as fast as possible. I remember it being very unpleasant. Perhaps one of the more terrible food experiences of my life. When I have kids, I don't think they will be attending these camps. Haha. Ha. Thanks for everything. I hope all is well, Carlos. What mm. kind of <laughs> game is this? I I must know more. What 
was it just a race to eat a raw potato or was there like context? Was it illustrating a Bible story or something? Yeah, I don't know. And it sounds sounds from the email, I'm I'm assuming this means it was like a an official part of the camp. It wasn't just like, like oh, some kids got bored and they got a hold of some potatoes. But right. no, like a, a camp counselor was like, today, children, we shall see who can eat these potatoes. This is sanctioned by adults. Um, yeah. They, they bring, in fact, they bring the authority of the Lord God Almighty to say, you must eat this raw potato. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. About I'm trying this. to imagine what kind of like Bible camp connection that could have would it be i I don't well there are no mentions of potatoes in the bible obviously that's a new world food so like maybe something about uh the verse about if salt loses its savor i i'm I'm coming up blank (laughs) i don't know i mean obviously it was uh it was rougher in the old days i mean to today we send a kid to like vacation bible school or something and they have so many i mean they've really thought it out they have all these different art projects and even you know science projects even mm-hmm. um so it's, it's really impressive but i guess back in the day you didn't have that what you had were raw potatoes <laughs> and you you just killed time as you as best you could well anyway uh thanks for getting in touch carlos All right. Well, since we're talking about vegetables, our next one concerns uh, our episodes on the vegetable lamb of Tartary, uh, though this will only concern part one because this email came in before part two was published. Taylor writes in and says, hello, Rob and Joe. I just finished part one of the vegetable lamb of Tartary. Robert, your son may have missed this one, but there is in fact a vegetable lamb Pokemon. Its name is Skidoo. And while it is not attached to the earth by a strange umbilicus, it can photosynthesize using the leaves growing like fur on its back. It grows or evolves into the Pokemon Go-Goat, whose horns are said to change in texture to reflect its emotions. This is the second time I've written in to weigh in on Pokemon, and I'm happy to be the show's Pokemon correspondent. However, Rob, if your son is anywhere near as enthusiastic about pocket monsters as I was and am, you may share my father's fatigue for the subject. Thanks for all your wonderful explorations of the strange beasts of fact and fiction. I've attached illustrations of Skiddo and Go-Goat for your viewing pleasure. All the best, Taylor. Okay, so we got the two pictures. I guess this is the what they would call the evolution. I, I don't know much about Pokemon, but the, the first one is like cute. And then the second one, uh, the, well, the first one's cute and it appears to be hopping about and kicking its back legs and has a bushy vegetation on its coat. And its horns are in kind of a Y shape or like that that old school, uh, the, the, the flipping out middle part hair comb what i don't know what you call that hairdo anyway mm-hmm. the the older one has like red angry eyes instead of the cute eyes and then its horns are just going straight back yeah yeah this one i guess just has two forms a lot of them have three but not all and some of them don't have but the one form but typically what you'll see is the 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 basic form the first form will be just super cute and the final form will be fierce and then the middle form uh well sometimes it's cute i mean because pikachu uh, whoever everyone knows is technically like a like the second form. It's like the mid form oh. between Pichu and uh, Raichu. Uh, but uh, but in in some cases that middle form is also just a little like it's not completely cute, but it's also not fearsome yet. It's just kind of awkward. Wait, so there's a baby Pikachu? Oh God, yes. It's it's named Pichu, <laughs> and it's an, imagine Pikachu even cuter. Um, that is my son's favorite Pokemon, uh, and I get to hear about him all the time. Oh, boy. 
But uh, yeah, this is a solid point about um, uh, Go Goat and, uh, and uh, Skiddo <laughs> here. Um, I was not familiar with them, but I woke my son up this morning saying, "Hey, we got I got an email uh, from a listener about Pokemon." He came in and looked at it. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know these two. So you uh, woke him as if like there was an emergency. Son, son, out of bed. <laughs> nothing wakes him up like Pokemon stuff. Okay. So <laughs> he can be a little a uh, little slow to wake otherwise. Uh, so yeah, yeah, this looks this looks great. Um, it also reminded me. So, so the final form here is Go Goat. There's a ghost track titled Kiss the Go Goat, which is supposed to be tongue in cheek Satan stuff, like most of the ghost tracks. Mm. Uh, but now I shall only associate it with this particular Pokemon. Now I would have to imagine this is directly inspired by the by the vegetable lamb of Tartary, right? It would be a strange coincidence if it were not. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it seems very likely. Um, and, and it was wrong of me to question the Pokemon masters by saying, why isn't there one? Because uh, clearly they're on it. Though to return to biblical themes, of course, uh, there, there are famously distinctions between sheep and goats. So, yeah, that's know. true. All right, I'm going to read this next message. This is in response to our episodes on The Three People Die. This is from Chris, and uh, Chris begins by saying, In your podcast, you discussed polychoria and pseudopolychoria. And uh, to briefly refresh, these are rare conditions which cause the appearance of multiple pupils or openings in the iris. And the far more common of these two is the false version, pseudopolychoria, where there is at least one additional hole in the iris, but it's not considered a true second pupil because it doesn't have its own sphincter muscle surrounding it. So it can't adjust its aperture like the primary pupil can. Whereas true polychoria is when the second pupil has its own sphincter muscle and it can't. So you shine a light in that, both of the, the pupils will contract. Anyway, Chris goes on to say, I was born with oculocutaneous albinism, and a subdiagnosis of my condition is the pseudo or false polychoria. My iris has insufficient pigment to cause some parts of the retina to shine through the iris. Uh, I think uh, means resulting in pink eyes. Also, under non-direct light, dots or holes in the eye where the pigment is missing cause the polychoria, like a stained glass window with small holes in the paint. The effects are hypersensitivity to light. I have to wear sunglasses more than most and get headaches from being outside. Also, another side effect is since the light is not filtered in parts of the iris, I can detect shades of colors that are not normal. Super chromatic is, uh, is I think, what they call it. Think of the colorblindness tests, but with three colors instead of two, where people with normal vision only see the two. Anyway, love your podcast format, hyper-referenced and detailed analysis, Chris. Hmm. Uh, well, thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. I, I'm especially interested by the idea of you talking about your increased sensitivity to the color spectrum. I've heard before of the idea that there are more colors to see than than we see. There, there are various types of, uh, I think it's called tetra tetrachromacy in other animals. Uh, but I, I was not familiar with the idea in humans. I'm going to have to look into that, uh, the, the idea of expanded color range sensitivity. So thank you, Chris. All right. Well, we also heard from another Chris on uh, more on the same episode, in response to the same episodes. This Chris writes in and says, Greetings, Rob, Joe, and Seth. Just finished the second episode of The Three-Pupiled Eye, a great pair of episodes that certainly brought up some fun topics and had me thinking about eyes and pupils in a new way. 
Near the end of the episode, you discussed some interesting pupils and eye configurations in the natural world, and this brought to mind interesting examples of eyes in the fantasy world. One pair of eyes that I can never forget are those of the Pale Man, one of the monsters in Guillermo del Toro's film Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, While the actual eyes and pupils may not be that extraordinary, it's their placement that is unique. His body resembles a pale old man, visible nostrils and mouth similar to those of a manta ray. He ultimately eats children, but also fairies. His eyes can be placed in the sockets in his hands rather than the face. Uh, This site, and he's talking about a a fandom wiki uh, about this creature, also makes note that the pale man was also influenced by the real-life Japanese legendary monster Tenome, the ghost of a blind man whose eyes are located in the palms of his hands, which I thought was interesting as well. Maybe an episode on mythical or monster eyes is in order? Thanks again for the great episode, Chris. The idea of eyes in the hands uh, brings to mind another recent episode. Well, actually, we referenced it earlier, the animal cuisine thing where we talked about the washing behaviors in raccoons. Sometimes raccoons will wash their food before eating it. And there have been multiple explanations for this hypothesized. One of them is that the raccoon uh, has one of its primary sensory interfaces with the world is actually its sense of touch. It has extremely sensitive hands its forepaws have you know tons and tons of nerve endings leading up to the brain and um and that it so so in a way for a raccoon touching things is almost as important as our ability to look at things is like that's a primary sense for them and so perhaps a reason for this washing behavior is that feeling around on a food item in the water helps increase the sensitivity of the forepaws in in getting you know textural information about the food uh, th- that strikes me as a as a possibility and and very interesting one it's like having eyes in your hands now, certainly, this uh, this monster uh, in Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, is very memorable. Uh, but the yeah the yokai that, uh, that that Chris mentions here, the Tenome, is also very interesting as well. I was reading about him with my son just this past October. So, what's the scoop on the Tenome? It's just uh, just hands in. Like, what does he do with the the eye hands? Oh, uh, to, I'm trying to remember offhand. Um, like a lot of there are a number of the yokai, you know, that don't actually kill you or hurt you. They're just there to kind of scare you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't recall off the top of my head what the Tenome is up to other than particularly, you know, possibly scaring you. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have to uh, look into this. Um, uh, it was a, it's, it's a pretty, pretty fun one, as I recall. There are some other yokai with uh, interesting ocular positioning as well. Oh, yeah? Like what? Oh, there's one with an eye in the butt. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a section on. I think the the book uh, that I was reading with my son, Yokai Attack: The Japanese Monster Survival Guide, which which is excellent uh, for all ages because it has wonderful sort of anime style illustrations, but also well cited, well written information about other yokai. Uh, it included um, uh, information on both of these yokai, plus a ton of other ones. Oh, nice. Well, I'm gonna have to look that one up in my own reference. Uh, the the one I always turn to that I've got on, on my shelf here is the Book of Yokai by uh, Michael Foster, Michael yes, Dylan yeah. Foster. Yeah. Well, you know, we should come back and do some yokai content in the future then. Maybe maybe that would be some good um, good Halloween material this year. Oh, yeah. We've done it before. I'm sure we will do it again. Yeah, there are plenty of them. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. 
Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, I think we're going to turn to some Weird House Cinema responses. Uh, this first one is from James. James says, Good afternoon, gentlemen. I was excited to see you feature The Abominable Dr. Fibes on a recent Weird House Cinema episode. While I'd never seen it, it's one of the many B-horror movies I've known about for a long time due to a misfit song <laughs> of the same name. Oh, yeah, James, I know what you're talking about. Uh, James says, Listening to your podcast was the perfect motivation to finally buy a used copy on eBay to experience the movie myself. And boy, oh boy, what a treat. I haven't seen such a hilariously tongue-in-cheek horror movie since Cabin in the Woods. And I now understand why the related Misfits song is one of their rare instrumental tracks, as the namesake Doctor cannot speak. The episode's preamble also sent me down an amusing Vincent Price advertisement rabbit hole. The Sun Country Wine Cooler Polar Bear ad is weirdly <laughs> cute. That's what it was. Sun Country Wine mm-hmm. Coolers. The, they got the good one with Vincent Price and uh, and with Grace Jones. And I'm sure some other stars yeah, as well. Yeah, they probably did some other celebs of the day they could get. Uh, James goes on. But the Monster Vitamins commercial should come with a disclaimer that you may never see Mr. Price the same way again. Apparently, he keeps children locked up in his basement. (laughs) Um, And then he says, at least they're getting proper vitamin nutrition plus iron down there. And what James is referring to, uh, I looked this up in the Monster Vitamins ad. So Price is giving you the pitch. He's like, you know, here they are. They're delicious. They're chewable. They're good for you. Uh, but then he opens a trap door in the floor and like shakes some vitamins down to the children <laughs> who are apparently kept there. Well, those are just the children under the stairs. Yeah, no, nothing yeah. going on there. It is amazing what used to make it into commercials. Now, man, commercials now are too safe. They're not going <laughs> to risk uh, making you associate the product with like the, the capture of children in dungeon. You know, it does all the thinking about all these Vincent Price commercials, it does make me think that technically we could bring all these back. Like, (laughs) I I don't know if the the Vincent, the Vincent Price estate and his family members would be down for it. But uh, the the technology to recreate deceased uh, actors uh, using uh, computer technology is better now than it's it's ever been. Like, oh, no. No, oh, I no, hate it, it. I hate it. it. Have you seen some of the recent examples? Because I know you're still thinking of Tarkin, but the latest uh, like reproductions of, uh, say, Luke Skywalker, young Luke Skywalker, are really good. So I think we're at the point now where we could bring Vincent Price back and have him be a spokesperson for all new um, uh, short-lived alcoholic beverages. Oh, man, I so want to yes and you, but I just hate it too much. I hate <laughs> it. I hate it. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Anyway, anyway, uh, James goes on to say, thanks for the recommendation. Please feel free to peruse the Misfits catalog of songs for future episodes of Weird House Cinema. I Thank you, James. I will feel free. Uh, he also goes on to say, uh, to talk about a different episode, he says, during a recent listener mail episode, you discussed the safety of eating raw potatoes. I think specifically we said we did not know whether there were safety concerns or not. And unfortunately, I still have not really looked deeply into that. So, uh Uh, So I don't take medical advice from the following, but James says, I believe the fear stems from the possible presence of a toxin called solanine, which can cause uh, symptoms akin to food poisoning and in extreme cases, death. However, solanine concentration is only significant in a potato's eyes, sprouts, stems, and leaves, so be sure to avoid those. This is, of course, not true for carrots, radishes, beets, etc., whose greens are extremely nutritious and can be tasty both raw and cooked. I myself am a fan of eating many vegetables raw, especially asparagus, 
and am now curious to sneak a chunk of non-green potato the next time I'm preparing them. Uh, while I do prefer them roasted, I'll typically sneak a few raw Brussels sprout chunks myself while cooking them. I'll just be sure to avoid them served in the style of fives, i.e. goo, and ensure <laughs> no locusts are nearby. My gecko's crickets probably couldn't devour my face, but I'll err on the side of caution. As always, many thanks for bringing background entertainment to my workday several days a week. Love your podcast. Cheers, James. Uh, well, thank you, James. But to come back to your idea about the misfit songs about old B movies, uh, I one time when I was in college, I was seeing a, a friend of mine uh, and his band perform, and I'm not sure what genre you'd call them. It's not bluegrass. They were like a, a sort of traditional style uh, instrumental band, mostly that would play with like a a banjo and a fiddle, and 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 would play sort of uh, old old mountain tunes. I think, mm -hmm. but uh, I went up to talk to them in the middle of the show and. And I asked my friend, I was like, well, it's a great show, but where are the Danzig covers? And he launched into a profoundly beautiful uh, sort of mountain bluegrass cover of Astro Zombies by the Misfits. And it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 when I was uh, like in junior high, I, I was uh, into, into the Danzig, but I didn't know much about the Misfits. It was only uh, much later uh, that I got to explore such wonderful lyrics as Return of the Fly, Return of the Fly. With Vincent Price, yeah, The Return of the Fly. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. It's beautiful. It's like poetry. <laughs> uh, by the way, James here, when he, he shared the, the playlist or the list of films that inspired Misfits songs, uh, he shared that to us on Letterboxd. That's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D.com. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how widespread... Uh, this this website is I don't know if it's new or it's been around for a few years, uh, but um, a listener wrote in uh, I think on our Discord and was like, "Hey, you should you should set one of these up for Weird House Cinema." So I have set one up for Weird House Cinema. Uh, if you go to Letterboxd, you can just search for Weird House. Our username is Weird House, and right now it's just a bare bones account, but it has a full list of all the movies we've covered on Weird House. And uh, yeah, if there's enough interest in the site, if, if this is something that is of interest to folks, uh, we could always spring for an HQ account and do more with it. But in the meantime, uh, there, there sure is a list of movies there, and it's a great way to sort of instantly visualize what we've covered thus far. All right. Speaking of the Discord, uh, I have one more bit of uh, listener mail here. This one comes to us from... Uh, from Matt, sharing the following about The Devil Rides Out. Quote, with regards to your discussion of the Duke's religious affiliation at the end of the episode, the story makes me think a bit of the Eisenhorn trilogy by Dan Abnett. Hardline, puritanical inquisitor gradually starts using the tools of the archenemy because, hey, if I'm the one summoning demons, it's fine because I'm responsible and I'm using them to fight other demons. <laughs> It would have been great if there was a sequel to The Devil Rides Out where the Duke had gone full radical and was being hunted by other puritanical sorts. I love this. I, I love this idea. Yeah, yeah. I think Matt makes a great point here. Uh, so first of all, the Eisenhorn books uh, by Dan Abnett are a lot of fun. I've, I've read, uh, I think I've read four of them, the four key uh, Eisenhorn books, Xenos, uh, Malleus, Hereticus, and uh, the Magos. 
uh, though the character pops up in some other books that he wrote as well. I particularly liked Xenos from 2001, but the, the, the Magos from 2018 is also a lot of fun. Uh, these are books about an Imperial Inquisitor in the Warhammer 40,000 universe tasked with hunting down heretics and stopping their evil deeds. Now, these stories don't take place on the epic grimdark battlegrounds of the 40K universe, but they instead tend to revolve around backwater planets and, and sometimes the, just the everyday lives of people that are living in the shadows of these, these, you know, these big altercations. Uh, so I could be wrong, but I don't think you need to have a lot of 40K lore stashed in your head to enjoy these books. And Abnet is also just a, a solid writer as well. But indeed, one of the recurring themes in the Eisenhorn books is that every Inquisitor will either die in service to the cause or they'll live long enough to become a heretic themselves. Um, because, of course, the Inquisitors inherently have great knowledge of the occult threats they face, but then they increasingly use occult powers to combat those forces, and eventually they just lose their way. So at first you're combating dark forces with your own dark forces that you're harnessing, but eventually you're just lost and you're another slave to darkness. Mm. And so I think this is this is pretty insightful on Abnett's <laughs> part, because it matches up with, first of all, what you see with, with witch hunters of old, uh, as well as with mod- many modern crusaders against various perceived cultural threats. Because in, in times of old, witchcraft persecutions became a, an excuse for cruelty and horror, uh, as well as the satisfaction of one's own interests in the sorts of ideas and practices that one outwardly opposed. And how many moral crusaders from our own times come to possess just exhaustive information about the things they crusade against. They know all the terms, all the slang, all the alleged perversions and paraphernalia, but they're safe. They're the ones in the 2020 uh, video uh, warning you against the powers of Satan. They're They're the Duke fighting the devil in the night, so they're okay. They can have this knowledge. Right. I can listen to the heavy metal albums because I'm doing it from a place of judgment and moral authority. I just need to understand what they're what they're doing, you know, what satanic messages they're preaching mm-hmm. and so forth and so forth. I can, you know, the Duke, I can read these occult tomes. You shouldn't. I'd rather see you dead than reading these occult tomes that I've been staying up all night with. Yes, the church has authorized me to listen to Sabbath day and night, yeah. frontwards and backwards, so that I can keep a watch. Uh, and, and look out for the children. So anyway, thanks for writing in, Matt. And uh, for anyone out there who wants to be a part of the Stuff to Blow Your Mind Discord, uh, just email us and I'll send you the link. Um, that seems to be the best way to go about this because the links expire and uh, I don't think there's a way for you to otherwise join the group. Uh, but just shoot us an email. We'll have the email uh, here shared for you in just a moment. In the meantime, if you would like to check out other episodes of, uh, well, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, core episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or episodes of Weird House Cinema, which air on Fridays, it's all in the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast feed, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Just look it up, subscribe to it, uh, and if you're allowed to, leave a nice review. You know, throw a bunch of stars our way and say, say something nice. Um, uh, that, 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 that helps the almighty algorithm. We assume. All One right. Assumes. <laughs> One assumes. I mean, the ways yeah. of the algorithm are mysterious. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we just have to trust in, uh, in what we've been told. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other, to suggest a topic for the future, or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Thank you. 
Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.